Welcome to the Friday edition of the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. This is Friday, June 3rd. Welcome to June, everybody. It's a great feeling to have summertime in the air. This is Mark Schofield, your co-host for the day, along with my co-pilot, as always, Chuck Zotta. Chuck, how are you, my friend? Well, you know I always get pumped up for Kicker Friday. So I t- love Kicker Friday. Today, today is no different. I'm all ready to go. We're going to talk a little bit about punting today, and uh, hopefully no one's turned off the show yet. Hopefully not. If you have, you're going to miss out on some great stuff. We're going to start off with two sort of glossary terms from the Inside the Pylon glossary. Folks, if you haven't checked this out yet, please do. The Inside the Pylon glossary is a annotated with full video glossary that we've been putting together at Inside the Pylon since the summertime. We've launched this in conjunction with our content partner and good friend Dan Hatman of the Scouting Academy. Basically, we're trying to make you the most educated football fan you can be, so please check it out. You can find it on InsideThePylon.com. Click on the tab at the top that Chuck put together for you. Two of the terms that Chuck himself put together are regards to punting. There's pin deep and open field punting. Chuck, can you educate the masses for us? Yeah, let's, let's just start off with some basic definitions here because a lot of times when people look at punting, the one thing that people always go to to see how good a punter is is they simply go on to some website and they say, okay, uh, show me how many yards this punter averaged on uh, you know over the course of his kicks, and that's how I'm going to judge who a good punter is. Well, the problem is there's different kicks depending on where you are on the field. If you're down on an opponent's 40-yard line, well, you don't want to hit a 45-yard kick because all of a sudden you're going to end up uh, giving the other team a touchback and having them starting at the 20. Likewise, if you're on your own 10-yard line, you don't want to be hitting a 30-yard punt because then you're giving the other team uh, the ball right in almost field goal position. So when we talk about the two different types of punts as far as field position, open field punting is generally referred to as any punt from within your own 40-yard line. It's called open field simply because you have all that field in front of you that you can kick to. You can kick the ball you know, 40, 50, um, 60 yards in some situations, and you're not going to run into problems. Second type of punting that we're talking about, pin-deep punting. Pin-deep punting is anything from your own 41-yard line forward. So that is a punt that is going to require a little bit more distance control just because you don't want to be hitting that punt too far and ending up with touchbacks, as I said earlier. And those are really the two different types of punts that you're dealing with as far as just your general terms and what they actually mean. Now, these two terms, were these sort of terms that you came up with, or is this like something that's identified throughout you know, all levels of football? I mean, I've seen them used by some people in certain situations. I don't know if there's necessarily any standard for them, and part of the reason that I put these in the glossary was just to be able to try to come up with something that people could use as a standard, because I've seen them referred in these, in, in these ways occasionally, but I, hasn't, I haven't seen it used consistently, and I think one of the things that I wanted to be able to do with this was to be able to say, look, these are your two different, not types of punts necessarily, but the two different field positions that we're really looking at when we talk about punting. And then once we realize that not every punt is the same and once we have clear names for those, we can start to dig into the differences and and what you're actually trying to do there. So I think for me, it was just saying, look, I've seen a few different terms that have been bandied about by different people Let's just nail a couple of them down and get them out there so that we can start using them a little bit more frequently and hopefully come to a consensus on you know what these actually mean. With respect to the pin deep punt, 
How do punters approach that sort of mechanism? Like, are there, we traditionally think the coffin corner kick, but that's something we're not seeing a lot these days. How are punters trying to accomplish this task now? There, when when you look at it, there are really three different options that you have as far as. Uh, a pin-deep punt. The first, as you mentioned, is the classic coffin corner kick. Punter takes the snap, and if he's on the right hash mark, usually aims right down the right side and says, look, I'm just going to punt this, aiming for you know the 5-10 to 10 yard line right out of bounds just so that I can you know try to pin the opposing team as deep as possible without any return. It's the traditional way the teams approach this just because it had the least amount of question marks. And it's generally what you saw most teams doing until probably the last five to seven years. The last five to seven years, you've seen more of a shift. And what you've seen is teams moving away from the traditional coffin corner punt where coffin corner punt, you're hitting a regular punt. So you're trying to get that ball to spiral and turn over just as you normally do. What teams are moving to now, and really this is as a result of the Australian influence that we've seen in punting, and this has been a huge influence over the last 15 years, really, in football. And what you've seen punters doing now, and and you'll notice this if you watch games this fall, one of the things I want you to look at is when a punter is punting the football, I want you to look at the position that he's holding the ball in. Because a traditional punt, the punter is essentially holding the ball flat. It's, it's not tilted back or forward. He's holding that ball flat in order to try to hit it with the spiral and get it to turn over and head down the field. When you look at what the Aussie influence has done to pin deep punting, I want you to look at the position of that football because what you'll see in some situations is that the punter's holding the ball with the nose down because what this does, it changes the way the ball rotates in the air. And specifically, you're trying to generate spin such that the ball, when it lands bounces either straight up or back towards the kicking team. And in doing this, you can look to avoid a touchback. So this is one of the big things that we've been seeing from punters in recent years. The other thing the nose-down punt does give you, a little bit more control over distance because it's an easier surface to hit. So it also lets you control that distance a little bit better. The downside of it, because that ball isn't spiraling down the field, it doesn't carry as far, but in pin-deep punting, you don't really want the ball to be carrying 50 yards anyways. Third way that you can go about it, I, I really don't see anyone doing this at this point, uh, you know, a, a pooch punt or something like that. You just don't see that approach taken where it's, look, I'm just going to pooch the ball 20 yards and then let it roll somewhere. It's not an approach that anyone really uses on a consistent basis, but you still may see one to two of them over the course of the year just trying to catch teams with a different look. But in general, I think... You know, coffin corner and in that nose down style, those make up pretty much, you know, 99 to 99.5%. And I would say I haven't done any statistical analysis on this yet. I may actually look to do that this year. That might be a good idea for a piece. But I would say it's probably a 60 40 split between that coffin corner and nose down punting right now. But nose down continues to grow in popularity uh, as younger kids are introduced to it and then come up through the ranks. Now, speaking of statistical analysis, having put together these two concepts, the pin deep punt and the open field punt, and did you then do any sort of analysis on what punters in the NFL today succeeded at one or both of these concepts? Yeah, so wh when you talk about these concepts, what you're trying to do is then figure out, okay, who's best in these individual situations, actually, because there may be punters that are good at pin deep punting, 
who really don't have any idea what they're doing, or really they might not have the leg for open field punting. Likewise, you may have a guy who's got a huge leg, but no control over that leg and can't really perform in a pin deep situation. So essentially what I did, and I'm actually going through a more in-depth analysis as we speak, which I should have the results on in about... Eh, probably about two to three weeks, I think, I'll be able to have that completely finalized. But what I did is I just looked at, okay, let's take a look at open field punts in 2015. And let's take all the punters and just see what their gross average was on open field punts. Because in those situations, all you really care about is how far you can hit the ball and how high you can hit it. So what I wanted to see was, okay, who in open field situations has the best leg? Because if you're a punter that's hitting you know, a lot of pin deep situations, your leg may not show up in your traditional punting stats, but it will if you correct for field position. And what I saw is that Brett Kern from Tennessee led the NFL with his open field gross average of 51.6 yards. So on punts from within his own 40-yard line, hit the ball 51 yards, 51.6 yards on average. Okay, That was 8% better than what the rest of the league did. If you look at punters who are pretty much average, Chris Jones from Dallas, 48 yards. Donnie Jones from Philadelphia, no relation, 47.8 yards. Those two guys were pretty much at the league average. It was right in that 48-yard range. At the bottom end, okay, you ended up with Drew Butler from Arizona, who averaged just 43.7 yards on open field punts, only 91% of the league average. So you can see there... You know, there's an eight-yard variation from the best open field punter to the worst one, okay? When you talk about pin-deep situations, the easiest way you can... And I'm doing more research on this, and I'll have some comprehensive data in a couple weeks that actually show uh, where people actually were targeting in the actual yard lines. But what I wanted to see is just who could avoid touchbacks in pin-deep situations, because a touchback is something that negates a lot of the yardage that you end up with on a pin-deep punt. And so what I saw was that Jordan Berry and Brett Kern, uh, along with Ryan Allen and Sam Martin, were tied for the lowest pin-deep touchback percentage out of any punters. They only had Each one of them only had one uh, punt from pin-deep situations that went for a touchback, the worst punters, two punters, uh, both had nine punts go for touchbacks here. Matt Darr from Miami and Shane Leckler from Oakland both had nine punts, which represented 29% and 32% uh, of their overall punts in pin-deep situations. So with that different data, you can get a different look at what punters are doing beyond, okay, what's, you know, what's his gross average overall? Well, that doesn't tell you anything about the context. You start to break it down like this, and you learn a little bit more about what punters actually do in different situations and whether or not they're actually any good. And I think we kind of learned that Brett Kern's pretty good. Brett Kern, pretty much top of the pack when it comes to, uh, you know, pretty much any type of distance control here. Number one in the league in terms of gross average for open field punts, tied for first when it comes to pin deep uh, touchback percentage. You know, he's right at the top there. Other punters that had uh, similar rankings, okay, Ryan Allen from New England, very good. Sam Martin from Detroit. Chris Jones from Dallas. Even though he was average uh, as far as open field punting, his pin deep punting was much stronger. And then Andy Lee from San Francisco as well. Very strong open field wise. Uh, His punts were on average about 5% longer than other punters. And in terms of pin deep touchback percentage, he was sixth in the NFL with only an 8% uh, rate there. So, you know, overall, those five guys really stood out 
you know, beyond the rest in terms of distance control. This does not factor in anything as far as directional punting. It doesn't factor in hang time. But purely looking at distance control, you know, that it's it's really those five guys that stood out, you know, from the rest. Now we got a couple minutes left here, and I want to talk just a little bit about punt and technique. We've talked about these two different co- concepts of punt and distance control and things like that. I'm sure you read the great piece back in December about Ravens punter Sam Coke and the different sort of what he calls clubs that he has in his bag, the different ways he physically just punts the football. Yeah. I wonder if you had any thoughts on that piece and just general punt and technique. Well, I think with punting, the important thing to realize is that you have control over, and really when you talk about trying to create different kicks, there are a couple different things that you're trying to manipulate uh, with regards to your overall approach. The first thing that you can change and the simplest thing to change is the position of the ball, okay? Let's say that you took a ball and you had it completely flat, okay? Which is is pretty much what you're looking for out of a traditional punt. You typically have the ball completely flat with the nose turned in slightly uh, towards kind of the middle of your body. And so what that does, it allows you to hit the ball in such a way that you're trying to get it to spiral and go downfield. So what that does, if you are a right-footed punter, which most punters are, unfortunately, I'm a lefty, but you know, we can't all be, you know, perfect, I guess. So they, you know, most punters are right-footed. What they're trying to do and the way the ball moves is they hit it with their right foot. The ball's going to come back to the left based on the aerodynamics of how that ball travels downfield. With a lefty punter, the ball moves the opposite way. It moves from their left to their right. And you'll notice one thing that stands out about Bill Belichick is he only has left-footed punters. Yeah. Only wants them. And you know, no one knows exactly why, but part of the thought may be that it gives uh, returners a different look in terms of how the ball typically travels. Now, you talk about changing how that ball is held. If you go with the nose down, okay, you end up in a situation where the ball is tumbling end over end. It has a different trajectory. You then start playing around with some different ideas. What happens if we go off axis? What happens if we tilt the ball back a little bit? What happens if we turn the ball out instead of in? Those are all things that you can do in terms of trying to create a different trajectory. And you can also combine that with how you take your steps in terms of, well, what direction do I want to aim in originally in order to make this ball go where I want it to go? So you may say, okay, I want to hit a ball that comes back from left to right, and I'm going to start my steps going off to the left and, and start that way so that the ball starts on that side and, and has room to come back. Or maybe I want to start the ball to the right and use that same action to take it out of bounds to the right sideline. So you have you know a number of different things that you can manipulate there with regards to either the ball or the direction that you're aiming. And all of that really works to produce different action on the ball depending on what you're trying to do. Now, speaking of what you're trying to do, is the goal here to cause a turnover or is it just to prevent the returner from setting up to make a big play? Because in going through that article about Coke, they talked to Antonio Brown and how their punt returners are trying to read the helmet of the punter to get a better idea of where the punts can eventually end up. So if you've got a ball that's coming off in an unexpected manner for the returner, that might delay them getting under the ball and force them to make a fair catch, for example. Yeah, if, if you look at the perfect punt, okay, in, and this is the theoretical perfect punt, the, the perfect punt in theory goes to the opponent's one-yard line and has no return because it gives them a 99-yard field. So when we talk about one of the most valuable things you can do 
it is preventing that return. And there's you know a, a few different ways that you can do that. There's three, really. The first, you can have a fair catch. Okay. Second, you can have the ball downed by your own team. Third, you can kick it out of bounds. So a lot of times, we see stats on fair catches all the time, but no one, re- no one publicly seems to keep track of balls that are either downed or that go out of bounds. And, and I look at that and I say, well, look, you're kind of being irresponsible by saying that a fair catch is better than the ball going out of bounds because it's not as long as that punt is traveling downfield. So when you look at those different kicks, they're trying to all create one version of that. Either, look, maybe I'm trying to have a ball uh, that just hangs in the air and is going to end up being fair caught. Maybe I have a ball that I'm trying to angle out of bounds using a certain trajectory. Or maybe I'm trying to have a ball that avoids the returner and is just downed by my coverage unit. So different kicks can have different purposes, but they're all trying to get to the same overall goal, which is to say, look, I don't want this returner ending up with any type of return. I'm trying to stop him from getting any type of return here, and that's the big thing that a punter is looking for on any punt uh, that he ends up hitting. You ever hit a perfect punt? (laughs) Funny story. So it was my junior year, and... uh, it was after practice one day. It's probably like 6.30 or 7. And me and me and a couple guys, we were just hanging out on the field playing around. And I, I was a terrible punter. Like, I, it's, it's just, it is a mystery. I, I don't know if other kickers feel the same way, but it is just a complete mystery to me. I have no idea how to actually do it. I, I know how to, but I can't physically do it. And, you know, we were playing around. And I was playing around with like these sidearm punts, like, you know, sidewinding maneuvers and this and that. And I hit one, and I swear it was like the cleanest ball I've ever hit. The thing probably went 65, 70 yards in the air, like five and a half seconds a hang. Like, it was just beautiful. Head coach is walking right by, and he goes, whoa. You know, you know turns his head. He's like, show me that again. And so I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going to do this again. Try to hit the next one. I think I put the thing like 40 yards out of bounds. Like it, it just, it went nowhere. It was probably the worst punt ever. He goes, all right, we'll keep working on that. Maybe we'll find a place for you. I go, okay, you know, I'll, I'll keep working on that because that's clearly going to be my meal ticket here. Any other thoughts on punting, my friend? No, I've got, uh, I've got some stuff that I'm working on along with uh, one of our guys, uh, Mike Nuttle. We've been working on charting every single punt from the 2015 season. Uh, that's where we're getting all of the data from that we're working on for a big punting project that we're just about to release. Uh, we have charted, I believe in total, it's going to be somewhere right around 2,600 punts when it's all said and done. Uh, so it's been a massive undertaking. We're getting pretty much every piece of data on those punts from hang time, direction, returns, penalties, the whole bit. Uh, and that's something to look forward to. In about two weeks, we're going to start rolling out some different pieces based on that. And there's just a ton of data. We're also going to open up all that data, open source it later on, just so you all can see it. But you're going to have, you know, more. If you want to look at 2,600 punts worth of data, you can do it is pretty much what I'm telling you fantastic we'll look for that but as for now my friend i think we're done for the week wrap it up we're ready to go pull out the keg fantastic well folks thanks for listening to the friday installment of the quick kicks podcast as always please check out the website inside the pylon.com also follow us on twitter at it pylon we've added a ton of great new writers um definitely check out their work as well and we'll see you next time on the quick kicks podcast